When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. It's it's not something to be so silenced about. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times, I like to point out that it's it's also in our heads because society has legit programmed us into believing that periods are dirty, periods should be silenced. Um, it's our experience, so therefore keep that over there. Um, and that's not right. Hey everyone, welcome to Human to Human, a Revolt Network podcast. Human to Human is a space to reimagine self-love deepen interpersonal relationships and peel back the layers of the human experience, one conversation at a time. I'm your host, Stacey Ike, and this episode's special guest is philanthropist, educator, and founder of Happy Period, Chelsea Von Chaz. After a sobering experience, Chelsea started journaling about her menstrual cycle to learn more about her body and was inspired to amplify menstrual health, education, advocacy, and access. Chelsea and I get human to human about the shame associated with buying period products, which I feel a lot of women have experienced. We also talk about how helping girls and women create healthy habits can change the way they experience their bodies. Before each episode, I like to share a song to add to your playlist, a book to check out, and a reflection question inspired by the episode. So let's get into it. This episode's song of the week is Black Girl Magic by Samfa the Great. This week's book is Self-Care for Black Women by Oludara Adeyo. And while you're listening, reflect on this question. How can I be a better advocate for my body? Now, let's get human to human with Chelsea Von Chaz. I'm really excited about this conversation. I definitely called my mom this morning and I was like, hey, I'd like you to walk me through what it was like when I was on my period for the first time. And it was really oh, wow. these conversations. Yeah, we we hadn't ever talked about that. And I was like, this is dope. Yeah, so. Oh, I love that. Oh my goodness. Was she shocked by your question though? Not at all. That's what okay. she knew more. She was all like ready. And I was like, wait, when I was 18 trying to do it, you weren't ready. She was like, you're 31 now. So it's all good. I'm like, wow. Yeah, totally different energy. Yeah. It's not as much pressure. Um, yeah, I get that a lot from parents saying that they feel more pressured to talk to their daughters and sons about something that's going to happen to them, mm-hmm. but specifically the daughters, because they feel like almost as if they're delivering bad news. And so, you know what I mean? So it's just like, I don't know, I'm not ready for this. So yeah, I think when we're grown and we've already been through this and it's like, no, we're women now, we're whole girls now. <laughs> And we go through the same thing. It's yes. totally different vibe. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Ooh. It was absolutely we are homegirl vibes. And I was I was so happy. I was like, mom, like I've been kind of, you know, because we've been having that over different topics. And so to bring this one up, I definitely thought she was gonna be like, wait, why are you asking? Blah blah. blah. And I was like, Oh, I'm gonna be, you know, doing an interview today. I'm really excited about it. and I just love to get like some backstory from you because honestly, I had a, a lot of assumptions. So I mm, love okay. her story as well, but I will share that when I first got my period at 14. Um, my mom took me and her, like her best friend and, and her took me to a Taco Bell to sit me down with the book and was like going in. And my mom's friend was talking more than my mom was. And so 
this whole time I thought, oh, my mom was too nervous to talk about it. She wasn't ready. She was scared. And then I find out today, she was like, oh no, I was super excited to tell you about it. It's just that my friend, she's more expressive than I was at that time. So she was like, oh, we got to talk to Stacey. Can I come? I want to support you. And she just like took over and I didn't mind because I trusted my friend. I was like, oh, that's what happened. So I'd love to got hear it. You, yeah, how, how that experience was from you and, and, you know, what was your first period experience? Who was the first person to tell you about it? I had a whole tribe, mama, grandmamas, aunties, my fifth grade teacher, Miss Jackson. She gave all of her girl students the period talk. She what? had pads in one of her drawers. Yes, like she was, she was amazing. So I was going to say, I had a, a tribal experience. It was a, com- a community effort. Uh, but first of all, yeah, I got my first period when I was 10. And I did get the period talk before it came. So it was just, they were like, nope, let's just get this out the way because we don't know what it's, when it's which is so true. You don't know when it's going to happen. Everybody is different. Some people start their periods at 14. Some people start their periods at 10, 12, 17. Like it's, it's all different now. Um, but yeah, my mom gave me the period talk. And then it was kind of like a ripple effect because I'm like, yeah telling my auntie like yeah my mama told me about periods and she's like okay so let me tell you my take on it you know and then grandma was like what are y'all talking about talking about periods oh yeah (laughs) you know it was just (laughs) it was a whisper for me yeah yeah (laughs) you know just very careful and gentle so I did get a chance to see the difference between generations how with grandma it was very hush hush like mm -mm. We don't talk about this and it'll be okay. It's a woman thing. It's your journey. Uh, but yeah, with my mother, she was like, it's, you know, I have, you know, I have one. It happens. It's a, it's, it's a part of life. It's part of puberty. Your body's going to grow. It's necessary for you to be able to create humans. If you want to create humans, it's how I brought you here. You know, like that was her, her angle. My auntie was just straight up into like, okay, so there's super pads and then there's tiny pads, but when you go to bed, you got to have the super zone because if you don't, you're going to mess up your sheets. And, you know, she was like that. And then <laughs> my my fifth grade teacher, Miss Jackson, she was very, so like when I got my period, first of all, I got it on a weekend. And the reason why I remember this is because I went to school Monday to tell Miss Jackson that I got my period. And she was like, oh, welcome welcome okay well, let me show you let me show you where the pads are okay stay away from boys stay away from boys you know it was just because she was I think she was in her mid-40s at the time you know what I mean just kind of thinking back but but yeah it was so for me it just wasn't something I I, I got it as far as other people's experiences listening to and paying attention to how they talk about periods so I got it in the sense of understanding how some people were just very quiet about it some people did feel a bit of that stigma or the shame or you know the whole taboo and then at the same time I got experiences with people where they celebrated it or like it was fun and it was cool and it was like oh you're a woman now you know what I mean like that kind of thing so it was just super positive for me you know what I mean so I think well, I know now that that's the reason why I am the way I am and how I talk about periods and just being mindful of other people's experiences. So yeah, I'm, I'm super grateful. I love, I love that story. And that does, you know, play to your history and where you are now and how you do it. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like a lot of people have expressed to you in terms of embarrassment or things that were taboo or uncomfortability? Like, what are those stories like? Oh my goodness. You know, it's, it's interesting. I've had 
even my girlfriends confess to me to say, hey, like I still feel some type of way when I'm in Target in the aisle and I have to, you know, grab my box and there's like condoms right here. And he's a dude <laughs> right here buying his condoms and I'm right. buying my tampons. It's like, uh, it makes me feel some type of way. Um, you know, and I've also had folks say that they still hide their tampons in their sleeves or they put their pad or their tampon in their back pocket when they're going to the restroom at work. And I'm like, you grown, calm down. It's nobody's right. business, but it's definitely not something to be hiding. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, it's just, it's so interesting. Like I get it, but I think for me and anyone who's friends with me, even my friend's kids, like, it's just, it's straight up like, Hey, this is natural. It's a magical experience. It can be, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, so if you, if you want to put the tampon in your pocket, cool. If you want to just have it in your hand, cool. You know, it's, it's not something to be so silenced about. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of times I like to point out that it's, it's also in our heads because society has legit programmed us into believing that periods are dirty, periods should be silenced. Um, it's our experience. So therefore keep that over there. Um, and that's not right. And so, um, when it comes to our, our psyche, we legit just put that in our minds and follow through with these just unsaid rules low key, which has forced us into for sure, like being very subtle and quiet and silence because we are legit experiencing discrimination. It is that, cause that's what it is. It's legit discrimination to be able to go through, go to public restrooms and there's toilet paper there's running water and soap, but there are no free pads and tampons. Um, from even um, going to Target, feminine hygiene and care aisle, you know what I mean? And then having to share the aisle with other self-care products that are more geared towards people that don't have peer, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's such a silent um, discrimination where we are just automatically flowing through with okay, I'm going to hide this. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to... When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, this is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation... Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. So just, you know, kind of suffer in silence. We don't talk about our period pains. We don't talk about like all these symptoms that we have. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It really is. That there's so many depths of the human experience, right? And every one of us is having, we're having different ones and yet we're still having the same ones, right? Like even though you yeah. might not have had the same type of period story, you have a lot of friends that might've experienced some different types of shame or different, and, and they can compare stories. And I have friends who, you know, we've had different shames at different times that we've compared. I've had my moments where I've absolutely walked in Target and put something on top of my pad before or my top of my tampons before I walk out because I don't want y'all yep. to know what I bought even though I need to buy it. Like it, it is really- yep. And I definitely um, co-signed on the programming and, and that kind of takes me back to, again, part of your history. So I know that you were a stylist first and mm -hmm. then you got into menstrual health. 
tell me about the journey of taking, you know, going from styling to, I really want to be a part of this movement and I want to be a voice for this movement. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, at the time I just really wanted to have something else. And it was a moment where it just, wardrobe costuming just wasn't as fun. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest. I was getting tired of folks. I was. <laughs> That was more so it, just tired of people and their egos and attitudes, um, but also just really being passionate about um, just uh, women's health and women's causes and just really wanted to be uh, part of something bigger other than fashion. Mm. Um, and no shade because you can still be impactful when it comes to fashion, sustainability, the environment, the culture, right? Um, but I think for me, it was just, it was just a calling. I was headed to a gig and I was driving, stopped at a red light, uh, traffic light. And I saw this uh, woman crossing the street and I could tell she had been living on the street and, you know, experiencing houselessness. And she had a period stain on the back of her butt. And that's what really made me think like, oh, damn, if you are in your period and you are experiencing homelessness, what do you do? Where do you go? And then I was on my period that day. So I, then I thought about my privilege, the fact that I had plenty of pads and tampons in my purse. I had a place to go to. I could just legit like go home right now if I wanted to, mm. to just rest in my little nest. But there was someone else that did not have that same experience and they did not have that same privilege. So it just made me stop and think about my own issues and then from there honestly Stacey I just I just got mad it just made me mad 100% it was I'm mad of- as you're saying it I'm mad as you're saying it as you're saying it I'm picturing moments that I'm like the fact that I that we that this society world pays for tampons and pads is so confusing like it's yeah. like paying for water oh absolutely absolutely and and yeah, and we just don't really think about the experiences of others. I mean, we already have like a set group of, of humans that don't think about what the female body goes through from age, you know, 10 or 14 to, you know, 55 or 60. And so, I'm, you know, and everything in between that we go, for, go through from the menstrual cycle to giving birth to struggling to give birth or struggling through pregnancies. Um, you know, I think the whole thing with uh, Roe versus Wade is such a huge um, effect of just a missing component, which is education or lack thereof mm. of education. Folks not even really knowing the process or the four phases of the menstrual cycle and how that ties into pregnancy. And also like what happens to the body after the fact and things that can go wrong, complications, like education just means so much, right? So, so yeah, I think it's, um, it's, it's it's a it's a bigger picture because yeah you're right that's why we don't have free pads and tampons in public restrooms um and when i'm saying like public spaces i'm more so talking about schools libraries community centers shelters transition homes mm. airport airports you know what i mean everywhere where there's toilet paper and running water and mm. soap that budget was allocated to provide the toilet paper the running water and the soap they could do the same thing for, for pads and tampons, both mm-hmm. or, or either or. It, it, it really doesn't cost that much. It's just about compassion and really caring and being educated to know like these items are also essentials. They're basic essential things. 
That's the key right there. It's the fact that it's not somebody's essential idea or thought. It's you haven't thought about it, so you think it doesn't matter. And that transpires Mm -hmm. in areas of this of of this world. And so and I think that's so fair. And yeah. It's just it really I'm like, damn, I'm I'm kind of upset, but we're gonna move on. Um (laughs) it's just just that's how it started. That's how I angry. Exactly. Really angry. Wanted wanted a change in my career. Um, I still love wardrobe fashion um I did been dabbling it um through my friends honestly like to this day but making that transition was very easy for me because it just felt like a calling and it legit did start from me being angry and feeling like if I don't do this then nobody else is going to do it it didn't matter how many other organizations were paying attention to period poverty or menstrual equity it didn't matter how many black black charities were, were, were running or operating. I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to do this because I'm mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I appreciate that passion. I appreciate so much that vision too, because I think this is such an important space. And I read that you have been journaling your periods and that you continue to yes, do that. Still do. Still do. So still what do. have you, first of all, do you ever go back and like read some stuff and, and see like, wow, oh, how, yeah. how, yeah what's that experience like oh yes um man I it's a trip well I've been inspired to share it so this year I will be um like putting putting out there a digital period journal because um just from me going back and looking at my old pages I was able to just identify the differences that I have been experiencing with my period Mm -hmm. it helped me be able to um get a I mean, to this day, in my opinion, what I know, it, it made, you know, from me tracking my period using the journal, I was able to get a set date for my fibroid surgery, which I had last year. Um, and that and something that I did was going to the doctor, letting them know, like, hey, I have this issue. I have these pains. No, I don't want your birth control. No, 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 no. <laughs> but let me tell you how my period has been different from the last three months. Let me show you where it was six months ago. And let me show you what she was giving me a year ago. So, and that was something that a lot of a lot of doctors even said that most of their patients can't do, even if they're using a period tracking app, they can, you know, most apps just kind of help you track when your period is coming and then maybe like certain symptoms. Uh, but, oh no, I tracked my mood. I tracked how much I was plotting. What was my blood looking like? Was it a dark red? Was it a burgundy? Was it black? Was it yellow? Um, did I have a yeast infection? Was it BV? Like when, when did that happen? All these things, right? Um, so yeah, that I, and I tell people when you tracking your period, it's more than just you tracking when you, you can expect, oh girl, super important to, to just make sure you're looking at everything to notice like, wow, I'm clotting more than what I was last month. Like what's going on? Um, does it feel like I'm birthing a jellyfish? Like legit when I'm going through, no real talk. I know, I know. Right. You know, and these are and these are things that I've had so many, so many women. I'm telling you, Stacey, like so many women can relate to that. Like, yo, I thought I was I thought it was just me. I thought something was really wrong with me. I didn't really know how to explain it or how to express it. But yes, like I was bleeding like running water or, you know, cause especially women who are dealing with endometriosis or PCOS and fibroids. There's such a huge um, disadvantage in the beginning of that journey of trying to figure out figure things out and get a proper diagnosis because we don't have that data to bring to doctors. And on top of that, there's so much um, medical gaslighting that's happening to black women 
coming to the doctor, letting them know like, hey, I'm experiencing this. This is how I feel. These are my pains from zero to 10. I'm at a seven on day one, day two, it goes up to an eight. And them saying it's your imagination or maybe you should just get on birth control, um, you know, or that's normal. You know, it's 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 the language that really mm-hmm. matters, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, so many women, black women especially, are literally like going through pains, unnecessary pains, for so long without getting a proper diagnosis. Yeah. It's sad. It's really sad. Yeah, um, you brought up fibroids, and I definitely wanted to talk about that because one thing yeah. I in my experience, um, and I haven't experienced fibroids, but I have friends who have, and we've been talking a lot mm-hmm. about diet and lifestyle changes. Um, and that's been a big part of their experience um, regarding, you know, cutting gluten out of their diet, cutting carbs out of their diet. And it's not cutting them out. It's just it's just literally a lifestyle change in terms of mm-hmm. intake around the intake, you know, especially mm-hmm. when you're tracking your peers. You kind of know those things. So when you talk about fibroids and cramping and, the, and those different experiences that you that we just you know, the pain that we experience without the education. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. And what have you learned in that space, especially when it comes to lifestyle change, diet change, those kind of things? What are some of the things you can tell us about when it comes to um, having healthier periods? Well, the first thing is you just have to be an advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to be an advocate for your own body. Your body is legit the only home home that you have control over. And that is yours. So when it comes to what you're feeling, what's happening to you, you have the power to make those changes. So I think a lot of times we really need to process that, like mm-hmm. that being a fact. Like if I don't do something, nobody else is going to do anything. 100%. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. So be an advocate for for your own body, especially when you're going into into these spaces, these um, white institutions that have um, really just been viewing the black body as one way and one way only for far too long. So and when we're talking about black women talking about viewing us as if we can take more pain than others. So I always tell people that it's just it's just super important to make sure that you're standing up for yourself mm-hmm. and coming and coming correct. Don't worry about people thinking you're gonna have an attitude. Yes, use your attitude to get some things done <laughs> to make sure people are working for you because that's that's why you're here. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as the, the lifestyle changes, um, I I honestly would tell people. Well, I tell a lot of my girlfriends to pay attention to just changes with their body because first of all. Your period will communicate to you first and tell you things about your body first before any other parts of your body, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to your, your blood flow, your menstrual flow, uh, the colors, uh, the clotting. You will get so much from your body communicating, it's even the pains that you may, you may experience. So it can let you know, like, you might need to hold off on the sugar cysts. Hold off on that dairy, hold mm-hmm. off on all the breads and, and even sometimes like certain meats. And mm-hmm. I always like to bring up the meat thing because I have a lot of homegirls who are vegan or who are vegetarian and they still get fibroids or they still deal with endometriosis. Mm-hmm. So it's just a factor for, for all of us, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think any of us are uh, technically quote unquote like immune to this problem. Um, especially when we're not being diagnosed properly and we're also not being told 
how to really take care of ourselves, you know? So, so that's, that's another big factor. Uh, but man, man, for me, I, I cut out the dairy. I cut out uh, sugar as much as I could. It's legit low key impossible to cut out sugar nowadays, especially if you live in America. So I tell people, give their, give yourself grace. Grace. Let's, let's agree on that. Let's touch on it. Please. Yes, please yes. give yourself grace. Yeah, this is the one because step I, time. Absolutely. Cause I think we, you know, there's so much pressure. There is a lot of pressure to go vegan. There's a lot of pressure to be vegetarian. We have to understand the privilege in that period. You know what I'm saying? So please give yourself grace. If you decide to have a little, a little chocolate or a little brownie, like it's, it's okay. You will, you will get there. Same thing for folks that might have a challenge with dairy or breads. It's like, yo, you can do this. Give yourself some grace. I honestly, I always tell folks to do a lot more research than the internet. Elaborate, elaborate, Chelsea. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Like I love um, listening to and also reading the works of um, a woman named Jewel Pukram. Jewel Pukram is an, is an amazing um, former OBGYN um, who was inspired by honestly like the last time I I haven't talked to her before but the last conversation she had she kind of tapped into why she switched practices because she was performing hysterectomies on black women and she just got very disturbed by that and that was when she was OBGYN that was at a time where fibroids was kind of becoming more of a of an issue and she decided to switch her practice and pay attention to lifestyle changes and diets and and um, and how to deliver babies naturally. She became a doula and a midwife. Um, she is one of the reasons why Erica Badu became a doula and a midwife. I believe she delivered one of her children. Um, yeah, I think she, her work, her body work is amazing. I think Queen of, Queen of Fua is amazing. So it's more than what I mean, like stepping out of just the internet. It's like, of course, we have all these resources where we can really teach ourselves the language um, of what to say, what some things are, but there's so much work that's already been put forth in the world from folks who have done a lot of this research for us. And they're still here. I like to bring up those two Black women in particular, Queen of Four and Jewel Kukum. One, because they are still here, alive and well, doing it. They look amazing. They have helped so many, I think women and men, you know, get back to, to their natural health. Um, and they, there is, um, they do honor the fact that people really have to, um, take in on their decision to change their lifestyles, you know, and it could come from pains. It can come from, you know, people just being like, you know what, I'm tired of feeling like this. I don't want to feel like this anymore. So let me do something. So they definitely helped me with, with my journey because I, I did fasting that helped clear me out. Um, yeah, like my my fibroid surgery inspired me to go sober. So I'm almost eight months sober now from drugs and alcohol. Um, and I mean, like pharmaceuticals, um, marijuana. I'm super transparent because yeah. even I, I would, you know, be in so much pain that CBD cannabis was the only thing to help me. I was no longer like I had stopped touching my dolls and ibuprofen is actually making me nauseous. Um, and this again came from me paying attention to my own body, me taking notes, um, me also not taking everything and anything that the doctors recommended. Cause a lot of times those wouldn't work and that would, that would make me even feel worse. Uh, so, um, 
yeah, I think it's just so important to just really like own in on your community too. You know, like we have holistic practitioners, we have hormone experts, uh, we have so many resources, but I think in the end, it's still you kind of experimenting with your own body, trying things, doing research and trying things, seeing what works out for you. Um, but you have that choice to do that. Why? Because it's your body. So you got to try something. Well, I want to first say thank you for sharing those things because it's so important. For Absolutely. And on top of that, I want to co-sign the the advocating for your own body. I think that something I even had to experience and be willing to do was figure out how to go deep within myself and not be afraid to like not take advice from other people just because it was working for them. I'm like, well, maybe this won't work for me. And I had to go through that journey. And I'm still going through that journey. Right. And then again, in so many different ways that we experience our body, um, our diet change, you know, when we have pimples and we have, the, there's, there's so many reasons that things happen and we, when we go online, we see the internet tell us what to do. And then we go with what they said. And then it's like, but that wasn't actually personal to us. We don't know what race this, what age they are, you know, where you live in Western or Eastern, like there's so many things that go into how our body, you know, our cells are connected and it's really important to be willing to go on that journey. So I'm really excited to hear that about your journey. And I definitely also had to go ahead and join the CBD club. Cause I was like, Hey, this is it. Like other than oh, that, man, we're done with the, we, you know, we have not done Tylenol. We have not done my all. We have not done the pharmaceutical things because first of all, those are extremely dangerous if I'm honest and we can go into yeah. that another time extremely dangerous um and those are things that we have been conditioned to believe are the first you know ways to go and marketed to us as a way way to go and absolutely so many more holistic routes I also stopped drinking alcohol for a long period of time to just make sure that I could experiment like you said you know I was like okay if my period comes at this time if I stop eating sugar for two weeks before that let's see how the cramps come this time mind you my yeah. last period came and I was like, oh, didn't even know you were going to be here. And I was like, oh. and I have in general, then maybe I should do a voice note about that because it was a really yeah. experience. And I just tracked on how many different things I changed, um, how much, I, and I, I actually am vegan, but I did recently add um, uh, salmon and fish or salmon and shrimp back into my diet. And so mm-hmm. it's like all of that experimenting has been really interesting and a beautiful experience of like, oh, this is a, this is a body journey. This is a me journey. Look at that. You I know? love that. Yeah. I love that for you. I'm telling you, like you, when you just try things and you notice it, it's not you going crazy. You're not tripping, sis. <laughs> it's communicating like, oh no, we like this girl. Keep it up. You know? Okay, girl, you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. Right. You're doing a good job. Right. I'd be like, Auntie Flo, thanks for joining us. Goodbye. Yes. Month. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love it. I just want that. So I just want that so badly for all of us. Yeah, yeah. I I really do. And I know how hard it is to come off of something that you've just been used to and you know, the cravings and it's I get it. Like it's it's hard. So I please give yourself grace. Do research, try some things, find someone that you, you know, you can trust or even, you know, just reach out into your community because I'm sure there is someone that can help guide you on the journey to being a vegetarian or veganism. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Or just simply, or whether it's fasting, whether it's uh, a weight loss journey, whatever it is, I, I feel like we, we really have a, have a community. 
And it's just all about reaching out and manifesting that for yourself, for sure. Yeah, exactly. When you're fibroid, um, like when you had that experience, what was that process like for you? You know, were there a lot of diet changes then? Were there a lot of lifestyle changes then? Did you, did you feel like you had to do the surgery? You know, can you walk us through that a bit? Oh, absolutely. I, I got three different medical opinions. That um, that took some time, and pretty much I just wanted to make sure that the surgery was the best route for me. Yes, I had already made a couple of lifestyle changes, but I wasn't super strict in those. Um, I would say I was a bit lazy in those, especially when it came to just eliminating things one by one. I didn't go a uh, cold turkey necessarily, like you know, like all right, let's let me pork out of here red meat out of here super easy chicken out of here all right dairy child you nick <laughs> get out of here <laughs> sugar whoo. all right we're gonna try this mm-hmm. you know fish let's hold on it you know so it, I, I gave myself some time yeah. but each item that was eliminated something positive came out of it you know what I mean mm-hmm. but yeah as far as the when the fibers just happened it was just more so I I was fatigued I didn't feel like doing nothing. I had an attitude. All the babes, I was like, I don't feel like talking to y'all. I know, leave me alone. I just was so fed up with my period experience. And then the main thing that happened though was when I went from having like a seven day period to a 10 day, then my 10 day turned to 14, 14 turned into 20. And I was like, oh girl, I am dying. Like, Lord, why are you doing this to me? So I was able to take that back to doctors and they right off the bat say, okay, maybe it's this, maybe it's the the tumor that's uh, some mucosal that's on the inside. All right. So I was very demanding as far as like, okay, let's do this ultrasound. Um, what do y'all think I should do? They said the laparoscopic myomectomy is the best way to go because your fibroid is less than five centimeters. So it's fairly smaller than usual, but it's still there. and Got another opinion. I hit up my homegirl, uh, Sharis Chambers, Dr. Sharis Chambers. She's the period doctor on all of social media. Um, she did an amazing like favor for me by just looking at my medical records, uh, which is something I also urge everybody to do. Have access to your medical records, like please, just because, especially if you are um, experiencing, you know, anything dealing with the reproductive health. But also, if you're having a lot of testing done, getting your blood work done, checking out your fibroid level, uh, thyroid levels, scanning for fibroids, ultrasounds, make sure you have that on record. You can mm-hmm. take those records with you anywhere, which is what I did. I shared them with um, Dr. Chambers. I shared them with um, Dr. Bruce Lee, who is up in Beverly Hills, somewhere child. Uh, but Dr. Bruce Lee was um, a huge um, part of the assessor procedure as far as um, creating that procedure, making sure that it was, you know, safe for people to do. Um, And this is not necessarily me just, I'm not advocating for any specific procedure. I'm just letting you know, like, I went through different types of steps and just saw different people. So I can get a sense of like, what do I want to do? And yeah, Dr. Chambers, first doctor, Dr. Chambers and Dr. Brucey was like, hey, you really could just get this laparoscopic myomectomy and not do the abdominal myomectomy or the assessive procedure and maybe just do that first and see what happens because I get it. Like these What's are the difference major... between those? What's the difference between Oh my goodness. Abdominal myomectomy is when they 
are removing the fibroid by cutting through your stomach. abdominal area, going through your stomach, cutting mm-hmm. through the cervix, getting through the uterus, removing the fibroid. Mm. laparoscopic myomectomy is when they're removing the fiber from the inside so they put me to sleep went through the vaginal canal went through the cervix and removed the 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 fiber from inside just cut it out from the uterus um the uh, specific fiber that i had uh, well i had five at the time but they were all very tiny Um, they consider tiny anything under five centimeters so, and then fibroids are also measured by the uh, object that it, it um, is similar looking to. So a golf ball, a grapefruit, orange, pear, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother who had a um, hysterectomy years ago told me that her fibroid was the size of a grapefruit. When they took out her uterus, and they had fibroids, she had fibroids like attached to it still because some fibroids can legit like just attach themselves on the outside, on the inside. Um, I mean, they're tumors, mm-hmm. but that was the size of her fibroid when she had her hysterectomy. So mine was legit like a little bit smaller than a golf ball. Um, and they just removed one and pretty simple, like the most non-invasive procedure out of all the procedures that can happen for fiber removal mm-hmm. um yeah i did get put to sleep um it was about a little under three hours as far as the entire procedure um i woke up the first thing i said to the doctor chan i was like girl do i still have my uterus is it still there it's still gonna work <laughs> okay cool okay good i don't have to kill you <laughs> great question great question no but legit legit like out of anesthesia like girl is it still there hey hey just check it okay we good all right you did good all right we're we're fine you know because you're you're doped up and um and i always like to mention like coming out of anesthesia because i know a lot of women deal with depression um related to experiencing anesthesia or going through anesthesia because of a surgery and I think that's not really talked about as much Mm. um but I have heard a lot of women who have had myomectomies different types of myomectomies and they kind of complain or feel like they experience a bit of sadness or even a slight shift into depression because of the use of anesthesia Mm. um yeah yeah real 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 things um happen to people as far as the the recovery for some people the recovery is a couple days some people it's a couple weeks some people it's months, you know what I mean? Cause it's, it's a lot of symptoms that you're going through. So, um, I was good to go home the, the same day. I pretty much felt back to, or to some type of normalcy or my naturalness. I like to say, I, I would say maybe two to three days after the surgery, I was still able to like get up and walk around and things like that. It was just, you know, I didn't feel empty. I just felt like just groggy and things. Um, I will say this though, like I told the doctor, like, okay, I'm I'm good. I feel good. Did you send me pictures? She sent me pictures, so I did get a chance to see it. Um, I didn't really want to have, you know, something where like, oh, take a picture of it. And I'm like, uh, no, she could just take a little picture of your phone, and just send it to me. So I did see how, you know, how big or small it was. And, you know, and she was like, okay, you should feel maybe totally normal and fine for the next few weeks, maybe take it easy. And then you'll have a period after maybe around eight weeks. Honey, them eight weeks, I didn't have no period. I was like, whoo, yes. Give Great time. I, <laughs> right. I don't want her 
Yeah. The first, the first period that did come, I, I barely knew she was here. I was like, oh, okay, oh, hey, girl. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. Okay, right. cool. Right. So maybe after the third or fourth period after surgery, I started to feel more of, I would say like all my symptoms were coming back because that's definitely not the case. I'm super happy that I decided to have the surgery. Um, but I think, yeah, my body finally got back into like a role of the, of a familiar system as far as like light system, uh, symptoms like bloating, maybe even a little bit of constipation because, um, I had to be on, I, I, I was on a painkiller, I think for like the first week or, or so. So I felt like that still kind of gave me an effect after that, but but yeah, like I know, I know there's so, so many women that are like on the fence of surgery um, and I know so many of us just like, nope, no surgery. They don't cut me. Just give me my herbs. Give me my alkaline water. Give me everything else, which is fine. You can still have that, still do that. However, you may need that little extra help to just remove something that wasn't even supposed to be there. And it's not your fault that it grew there. It is really not your fault. They still to this day don't know or don't want to tell us or there's no medical reason given to why fibroids grow, like why they appear. There's a lot of theories, but there's no legit reason that's given to you, like what happened? Why did the body just decide to form a tumor? And where did this come from? I think a lot of it could be. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Contributed to diet. I think it also can be contributed to the chemicals that we're exposed to from hair relaxers to what is in milk and certain drinks and sugars. Um, like there's so many period products, the chemicals that are in certain period products that have now all of a sudden, you know, everybody's going organic, but it's like, well, shoot. Do we need to sue everybody because we did not? Oh, that's actually have- something I wanted to address. That's so. Oh yeah, go ahead. That up because yeah, I. Mm, that's so great you brought that up because I was really thinking there's a lot of menstrual products that are extremely unhealthy for us, or a lot have been, and I just think about you know the younger version of me and you, and mm-hmm. what was pro- what was promoted to us at a certain time. Obviously, so much more research has come out, so much more you know organic Absolutely. products are popular now. These things were yes. existing when Dr. Sebi was around. I'm just saying that they're not they weren't mm-hmm. as popular, right? So we're just using him as an example, but. Yeah. Um, I also was wondering, what do you look for when you are buying menstrual products now versus before? Because I do think that menstrual products are can be a big part of women developing fibroids. You know, as you said, that it's not one medical, you know, one specific reason. I think so many of these things can contribute. And to to you sharing your story, which again I really appreciate, it's like everybody's body is different. There is a woman who might be able to change her diet in two months, and all of a sudden it goes away. There's another woman who might need to take that extra step. There's another woman who might need to change her menstrual pads or her menstrual or her tampons mm-hmm. or whatever it is. So it's like there's so many things, and that's why I'm excited about just constantly putting it back in our, in our listeners hand to say that study your body, study your body, study yes. your world, see where you're at. But I'd love to know for you, what do you look for when you're, when you're getting your menstrual? Uh... Yeah. I mean, I, there, there's the beautiful thing about 2022, 
we got options, sis. Mm-hmm. We have so many options from menstrual cups, pads, tampons, liners, um, even um, period panties. Um, there's also sponges and this. So there's so many different options of what you have. So I think it's first of all, like figure out what you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I have uh, found out that I am more of a um, free bleed type of girl, if you will. So mm-hmm. period panties is my jam. Mm-hmm. And I figured I really, besides companies just sending me products and you know, partnering with them to have donations, but I just tried out a, a just trying them out and just mm-hmm. loving them and loving just the process of, because when I'm on my period, I just take it as this is my time to rest. And that's something that I like to- 100%, like, can we say that again? Rest. Let's say that again. This is your time to, to rest. Your yes. period, it's your time to rest. Your body is legit rejuvenating itself yes. um, to potentially create life. Um, it is such a, a, a gift from the creator. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, to also create. Mm-hmm. And even if you're not creating, your body is still doing this magical thing. And the symptoms, I don't think, are always a negative thing. I think sometimes the symptoms are just legit signals. Your body communicating for you to just rest or stop doing whatever it is that you don't. So it. when it comes to, for me, period panties is my jam. Um, I think menstrual cups are also really great for learning more about my period because now I can kind of get more, I have more of a sense of how much I'm bleeding because of the measurement of the cup, mm-hmm. um, which I think is really, really important too. Um, I grew up as a pads girl. I never really loved tampons. I kind of used tampons because of the convenience of it, like learning how to swim and being an athlete. Um, but I just never really liked as far as a foreign object that was cotton-based being up in there. And also I come from the, well, you and I both, the generation of when they tried us with the tampons with fragrances in them. Oh my and gosh. that just became a no-no. Girl, and they, they, they tried it. They really tried. And they put that on the shelves and tried to sell it to us. My mom's like, yes, absolutely not. And that fear was in my brain for years. I'm like, I'm just not comfortable. I don't know what y'all doing. I'm, I'm cool. Yeah, and for anyone that, um, for the listeners, anyone that just may think like, oh, well, tampons are not all bad, and um, you know, it's the education. I, I, I agree. It's, it's tampons have definitely gotten a bad rap because of toxic shock syndrome, uh, which is uh, just can be a like deadly reaction that the body goes through um, because of poisoning that comes from the tampon, if the tampon has been soaked in anything like fragrances, dioxins, so many other chemicals. And also it can just happen just because you left your tampon in too long. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a woman named Lauren um, uh, Wasser who um, lost both of her legs due to toxic shock syndrome. And that incident for her, for her um, happened through using a tampon. And so she's a really big advocate for folks to just eliminate tampons altogether because not every tampon is made the same. Um, not everyone is educated about tampons and tampons also don't do, tampon brands don't do enough to educate you on how to properly use it, how to dispose of it, how often you should be changing it, so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, and yes, like it could also be a contributor to 
endometriosis, fibroids, PCOS. There's not enough studies for these things. Um, it's just, it's a lot of money being made, but there's not enough studies for these things. So, you know, that's so interesting because it, it kind of leads me to my mind immediately said, wow, does, is that a part of the silence culture, right? Like I'm making tampons, but I still won't educate you about it. Right. Yeah. And that's, it's on, I, you know, just, just a thought that came to my mind. It's like, I don't want yeah, yeah. a tampon brand, but I'm just thinking like, wow, like why wouldn't that education be extremely on the forefront, extremely on the box, extremely present? Cause that was another reason I was so afraid to use it as a young girl. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't really get it. And I don't really feel like talking to my mom anymore. Yeah. I'm just going to stop no. doing it. You know, I'm like, I'm over <laughs> no, it. No, I hear you. I hear you. And I, I think, I think um, there was a slight change, very similar to birth control where there's a, a, a pamphlet you know, it, it could be a label on the box right. and then there's a pamphlet that's attached to the inside of the packaging. Um, and it's still your choice to read it. Um, but it's definitely wasn't something that was necessarily like pushed, but they definitely pushed more of the convenience that the tampon gave you instead of the, the education on how to use it and what could potentially go wrong. Um, so that is something that I do look at or pay attention to when it comes to a lot of the period product brands, like who's being responsible, um, who's actually making an impact and pushing forth, and who is just marketing, you know what I mean? Or who's just all about the marketing and who's actually trying to make a change, you know? Um, and I, and I don't want this segment to also be about like bashing any brands, um, but more so just a call to action for them to do better yeah. because, you know, they do spend a lot of money on the products and it has, we're just now in this space where period, the feminine care industry, period products, there's an innovation that's happened because mm-hmm. now we have, because menstrual cups been around for decades. But Diva Cup came around and sis got a hold to social media marketing and did it correct. She did it a great way. And now everybody's like, oh, what's a Diva Cup? You know what uh-huh. I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, and then Think did the damn thing with their their ads and the innovation of period, you know, period panties. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that just changed the game and it kind of opened doors for for all of them, for everybody. So we have so many black period care brands now we have um you know um like hip tampons like now coming into the mix which I'm really excited about because that has never happened before um and also brands that are actually putting CBD on their products too um yeah it's just I'm kind of looking for like who's about the heel like where is is this toxic free number one which one is making an extra step for education to make an impact. And also um, who's different in a good way. Yeah. Not just to be- Just to be different. different. Yeah, yes. yeah, <laughs> exactly. Cause they'll try you. Yeah. They really will try you, especially now, like, cause everybody's into coochie care, mm-hmm. which I live, that's my thing. Mm-hmm. I love that everybody is really pushing forward. Like, no, it's not just about what I'm eating but also what I'm using and putting into my body and we, mm-hmm. You know, WebMD has done wonders for the community as far as just waking us up. But yeah, we're taking an extra step and I and I love it. What yeah. about you? What do you look forward to? I mean, I'm sorry. We I know you're asking me the questions, but I love to know oh, of course. What you what do you use? How do you pick and choose? Or if you have any questions to like 
brands or products. Like I'm here. That's yeah. what I do. I'm here. I'm really big on obviously organic products. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I will just be honest about that's really frustrating is the more you know, the more you want to do better, and the more money you spend, right? And so I actually just. When I just went to go get my $13 pads, I was like, bro, when did I start spending $13 on pads? Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. It's like, I don't, when did this happen? And you know what I'm saying? Like, I really actually didn't track it until I was like, this is where you're at now. And it's incredible on one hand where I'm like, oh, you use organic products and you feel better and you can tell there's no toxins and you went through this like deep dive. But then at the same time, I'm spending $13 on something that I remember being like six when I, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's just that that's something that, and I think that's why I resonate deeply with your just, you know, I don't want to say your anger, but generally, yeah, (laughs) you know, it's like, (laughs) so much because I've, I've had phases of it. And to see somebody who took that one of the phases and make that a career path for her. That's, that's really huge. So, but yeah, so I, I look for the, for the organic, I, oh my God, fragrance free is, is number one fragrance yeah. is need product that I'm putting on my butter in my body is absolute, unless I'm actually using perfume. Other than that, there should be yeah. no fragrance in my products, you know? So yeah. that's a big thing I use. Um, I, I went through a phase where I was really embarrassed about the fact that I didn't use tampons. I was, um, I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, wait, why don't I use mm. pads are not fun. You know, at the end of the day, they're mm-hmm. not fun, but I felt that they were healthier. And so I went through this phase of like, okay, I'm going to start using tampons again. And the phase lasted like, three months. And I was like, yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm not in that space. I don't have specific things to say about tampons, but we did share a lot about like, you know, some of the dangers there. And I just generally for my body feel, yep, I'll stick to pads. Yeah. I would love to, to, to get over the hump and use the menstrual cup, but I haven't gotten there yet. I haven't tried it yet. Actually. I just haven't even tried mm-hmm. it. So I, I would love to see if that's my next step, um, just to see if there's something there that I really enjoy. And that's, again, what I love about the experimenting with our bodies, you know, try it. So I haven't tried that and I love to see, but um, I've heard a lot of great things about the Diva Cup. So I'm like, okay, is that something I should try? But right now my organic pads um, are where I'm at. And yeah, I don't, I, I, I love yeah, it. I was going to say, I'm like, I have a brand in mind, but it's like, we don't need to shout out any specific brand. It's more of like, I just look for the no. organic. Yeah. Here's what I like to say. Stylize your period as, as, the same way like what you would do with your makeup or your hair products or just your clothes you might have a a favorite lip liner with your fancy foundation or whatever and then you're going to use a little Maybelline here for the shadow or whatever you know what I mean like there's different brands that you might use for for just your face Mm -hmm. that can be the same situation when it comes to your period experience so it's like some girls like to wear a tampon and back it up with period underwear 
right. some girls do the same thing with the, with the menstrual cup if they have a heavy flow. Okay. Um, some folks are fine still with doing pads and liners. I'm actually a big liners girl, depending on what I'm wearing. Mm. And also depending on like what day of my period it is, especially if it's a light day. Like, but I also grew up with aunties that put me onto liners. <laughs> right, right, right. So it's like, you know, I, I still would get, what do you use liner? So, right. but yeah, I love that you ex- express that. Cause I, I like to tell people like, stop shaming people into reusables versus disposables. Like it's, mm. it's like, it's, it's low key immature as hell. Um, <laughs> and the, and the product is what well, for real, because it, you, there are a lot of folks who are like extreme environmentalists and it's like, cool, we need y'all to save the earth. But, but when it comes to, if they are menstruators, then suddenly they are bullying people because they're still using disposables versus using a menstrual cup. Um, I used to, a quick, quick story, but, um, and not even like an individual story about a person, but I would get a lot of heat from folks saying, well, why don't you just donate menstrual cups to homeless women? You know, especially when we were happy period at the time, before we pushed into a shift of education, we would just do a lot of distribution to shelters transition homes and folks will say why don't you just donate menstrual cups and I'm like well first of all maybe check your privilege because guess what like you need running water you need water a lot of these menstrual cup companies don't have washes for cups a lot of them can't afford that um but a lot of these folks that we're serving they may have a bath if they're lucky like once every week or two or even go longer than that and then also on top of that, we need to check our privilege as far as when it comes to mental health and mental wellness, because homegirl, you know, even me might get so busy, I forgot I put a tampon in. So someone who is living on Skid Row, who may be in real talk, maybe getting high or have a bad memory or schizophrenic, it's not the best idea to give her a menstrual cup or a tampon because this might legit forget hmm. and then now she has a whole other problem yeah. and people will just be like oh my god I didn't think of that and it's like of course white privilege don't think of nothing else <laughs> don't think about nobody else except for Ooh, that so, is such no, yeah no go ahead but no seriously but I really would have to and 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 I used to really push press on that because a huge part of that is also why black women like yourself, not yet comfortable with a menstrual cup because you're really safe. Even if you feel safe and comfortable with this product and that's fine and you understand the privilege you have, and you're like, no, I'm going to take my time. But it's not cool for anybody else to press you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times some of us don't change or if you want to try anything because somebody's pressing us or shaming you. Know? So I appreciate you for even expressing that because I don't think there's nothing wrong with continue to wear pads or liners like f- figure out your thing and yeah. stylize it like I said yeah um but yeah that's why I'm like the menstrual cup thing like it's cool it's it's it can be convenient if you have running water if you're able to take baths or showers however however many times that you would like to because it does require a lot of uh cleaning um but yeah we just really have to give each other grace and also just get out of each other's coochies low-key <laughs> That actually is the perfect transition. We have a segment called Honest Gems on the show. And I was like, can't wait to hear the gems that Chelsea's going to drop. One of my first Honest Gems for you is what's something they really don't tell women about irregular periods? 
oh, that it's, it's natural. It's a common thing. It's common. Like you would hear a lot of doctors, because when you say they, you're talking about like society, doctors, medical professionals. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they use certain, besides Dr. Chambers, because she's amazing. <laughs> I love all the new OBGYNs that's coming forth. Like they are a whole nother, whole nother vibe, positive vibe. Um, but overall though, like the, the, the environment has just been, um, centering a language on like, oh, that's normal. Mm. That's normal. Period pains are normal. An irregular period. Oh yeah, that's normal. It just happens. They, they really should just tell you it's common. Yeah. Meaning a lot of you will experience that it happens. Yeah. It may not be normal for you because guess what? It might've just happened. Like, wait a minute. I, I was supposed to come on 13th, but bitch, it's second. What's going on? You know, or I'm late and I'm not pregnant. And also it could be a contributor to stress. Mm-hmm. What's something they really don't talk about, about having sex on our period? Oh, that it's, it's, um, it's okay. If that's what you want to do. It's all about consent. Um, I think more, pe- more people are actually into it than what they say, or will be down mm-hmm. more than what they say. I think because of the stigma, it's such a stigmatized natural process that people don't want to admit that they're into period sex or that they would be into period sex. Um, yeah, I, I think the main thing that is pushed though, is that it could eliminate, because I think the narrative is always like, period sex eliminates cramping it could eliminate cramping but it's not even the, it's not the period sex it's the orgasm so which you can happen you know by yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you don't have to necessarily that can happen by yourself you don't have to necessarily have period sex mm-hmm. with someone or intercourse in order you know it's it, it's different so right. yeah I think it, there's a little bit of confusion there it's like no it, it's the orgasm that helps the uterus muscles like release and relax and that can, you know, alleviate period cramping, but yeah. period sex, no, that can just be the fun and get right, the right. it's fine. <laughs> and what's something they really don't tell us about having chocolate on our periods. I specifically oh. use chocolate instead of sugars. Um, oh my, oh my God. Um, cacao does wonders. Um, I think it's more so just understanding the natural chocolates or the, the most natural real chocolate that you can get a hold of um I think when we're plugging in like milk chocolates that's where it could be a problem and some people who are maybe allergic to peanuts or certain soy and nuts like mm. when we're combining them that could be kind of a negative factor but chocolate for real for real, on your period is very like a natural cool thing to do I think it's also very um it's it's a safe thing too because we get cravings like it's fine. So it's totally fine. But I think um, where it's kind of like uh, a bit of an issue is that we don't we don't have as much access to just a, like natural safe chocolates to eat like cacao, like a natural or something and everything else is kind of mixed in with dairy. So 100 percent cosine. Yeah. Off the dairy part. Yeah. Um, Love chocolate. Uh, Love it. <laughs> and last but not least, what's something they really don't tell us about syncing up periods, how women sync up periods? Because I think there's, I mean, it's always, we've all had that experience where you hang out with your girlfriend and then three days later, all of us are on. And I'm like, what's going on? And it's such a cool thing. I'd love to know what's something they really don't tell us about that. You know, I just honestly, like they be trying to tell us that we crazy and that it's, there's no, 
there's no way it happens. And it's just not um, this superpower that women have. Um, I would never tell anyone. And then I also wouldn't tell myself like, no, I'm tripping. I, I didn't just sync up with my auntie. Like, girl, no, it was, it was just that my period was already going to come or hers going to come, whatever. But no, it, I think it is a real spiritual thing. I think it's also like one of the very few things that we still have a like a connection to when it comes to how um, indigenous females or indigenous women experience their periods together, how they would do the red tents or the, the menstrual huts and actually go in and bleed together and not do anything. Like the men would come to the, to the front of the hut and serve them food take care of the children you know what I mean and the women were just treated properly in the sense of just being taken care of and just having the space to rest Mm -hmm. and of course like if there's x amount of women in that village or reservation then of course there's going to be a lot of women that have synced up or they're bleeding at the same time um but yeah I think that is as far as the sinking I think that is something that um can happen or does happen with our hormones actually signaling with signaling to each other in a spiritual thing so mm-hmm. but unfortunately like doctors who are not aware of indigenous practices or are not really uh connected to the like the feminine divine or just you know are ignorant to these things as far as the experience mm-hmm. would just tell us like oh no like it doesn't happen that's that's not like a real thing you know what right. I mean so but yeah, that is, I think that's actually a very cool thing. I think that's also like a sign that we are way more magical than what we think that we think we are or what we may believe that we are. So really cool thing. I, I say all the time, like we sync up with the moon, we sync up with these, with each other. It's very similar to the, to the moon cycles, like nature, the creator is not tripping. Like she replicated things in so many ways. In it's so not many a coincidence ways. that, yeah, like it's not a coincidence that the clitoris looks like lilies and cow lilies and flowers. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, come on, like, we're yeah. bleeding and not dying. Like, how are we not magic? Please, mm. calm <laughs> How can we support you continuously? If you want to share your um, handles or where we can check you out or where our listeners can check you out, this was such an informative, educational, and beautifully open conversation yeah. about something that's super normal. So I'm really grateful that you were on the show. Um, yes, thank you so much. I've I've had such a great time. I love the Kiki Girl Talk and talk about periods, obviously. Um, but I just I really enjoyed my time with you. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like I'm on social media. I'm just everywhere, bringing forth uh, what needs to be talked about, and just making more spaces for for folks, um, not just folks who identify as women, but folks who are gender expansive, non-binary, everybody that has a period and just wants to have a better period. Um, I make myself available on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, Happy period. If you are interested in donating, even partnering with us, um, go to our website, hashtag happyperiod.org. And honestly, the the main thing, my main call to action for, for anyone listening is just talk about your period. Just simply mm-hmm. talk about it. It doesn't have to be, you know, um, something where you're just spilling it all <laughs> out there. Um, but really just talk about your period, like take a step forward, maybe just go a little bit deeper with with your doctor. If you have a doctor that you trust, that you have a connection to, um, your girlfriend, you know, maybe share 
something that happened with you with your period and it might be a time where one of your girlfriends says oh my goodness like I also like have this issue like you you never know take a, a step from Stacy hit up your mama like girl okay so tell me about when I got my period and how you're feeling and do you want to talk about this now like it's 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 a beautiful thing it's a revolutionary act y'all like it's been too long for us to just be hiding in silence about this very natural process so be be revolutionary and just talk about your blood oh chelsea von chaz everyone thank you so much for joining us and thank you guys for listening to this episode of human to human make sure you check out happy period um talk about your period get more excited about your period get loud about your period um and i will echo what you said we are bleeding and not dying that is beautiful thank you guys for listening Thanks for listening to the Human to Human podcast and this episode with Chelsea Vonchez. Head over to hashtag happyperiod.com where the period posse shares news, tips, and product recommendations helping people have a better experience with their period. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, leave a review, and while you're at it, share this with someone you love or just someone you like as long as you share it. Stay connected between episodes and follow us on Instagram at human to human with Stacey Ike. I'm your host, Stacey Ike, and remember, curiosity is the pathway to consciousness, so let's take the next step together. This episode was produced by executive producer Stacey Ike and associate producers Henrietta Biami and Emma Jackson, audio engineer Brian Schaefer, theme music pieces by After the Fall, music released by Chill Out Records, post-production audio by Revolt, and special thanks to our guests, supporters, and the entire team at Human to Human Productions. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.